would you trade your like 12 amazing years of housewives and kind of becoming this like cultural icon to have a man right now? Would I trade it? Uh, not for a man. Agreed, bitch. <laughs> Welcome to Burning What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Burning in Hell. This is a very special episode because we have the first ever Real Housewife of New York ever, ever on Burning in Hell. We are with the Countess. Hey. (laughs) What I want to know is where are you right now? I am in the Hamptons at my home, and I just got back from shooting the reunion. Oh, my gosh. So going into it, were you revved up? Were you feeling calm? Did you have specific things that you couldn't wait to yell at people about? Where was your head at? My head was at, um, I always look forward to the reunion because, you know, it's the chance to say things that you didn't get to say during the season, you know, and, you know, clearing the air and making people understand how you might've felt about something, et cetera. So, um, I was uh, I was excited for it, you know, and I'm having a great season. So for me, I didn't go into it like worried about anything. So that always helps. When you say great season, like you've had so many seasons, what mm-hmm. in your head makes a great season for you? A great season for me is um, I'm not involved in some sort of scandal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard because other people would argue that that means you had an amazing season. I know, I know but you know, it's easier to be on the other side peeping in to the scandal than it is being entrenched in the scandal. Is there anything this season that you really weren't expecting in terms of your relationships with people? Well, I wasn't expecting that Dorinda would just keep on bringing up my problem with, you know, um, probation, et cetera, and drinking and, you know, Dorinda's pointing her fingers at me and it's very difficult to take when you know that she's three sheets to the wind. So. Because you're like, do I take this with a grain of salt, but also it's hurting my feelings because I'm a human. Um, and to backtrack a little Luann and I, I actually met her a while ago when I was dating a guy in Bridgehampton and we went to a local dive bar and someone was like, oh, my gosh, a real housewife is here. And I was like, who? And they were like, that woman over there who's like, you know, having fun, shooting the shit, flirting with all the guys, throwing darts, having a laugh. And I was like, that's a real housewife? <laughs> and they were like, that's the countess. <laughs> Fast forward, your assistant, Molly, who's amazing, messaged on Facebook, Luann and I are in Shelter Island. Does Hannah Burner from Summer House want to come by and meet us? I know. That was great. And I was like doing nothing in quarantine. And I said, Mom, we're going to meet Luann. If anything, we're going to have a hilarious conversation about our weird experience of life on Bravo. Mm-hmm. And I got there and it was such a fun time, Luann. Yeah, it was a great time. It was really nice to meet you and your mom. Thank you. And you gave me some... It was funny because during it, I was like, shoot, I wish we were recording, but you yeah. were giving me some great life advice, boy advice, reality TV advice, uh-huh. but um, I kind of want to delve in. Let's get dark. Sure. Reality TV, when you first started, were you all in or in the back of your head, were you like, this could be a, a bad career decision? 
I, you know, at that point I was really a housewife and, you know, I've been married for a number of years and, you know, television is part of my background. You know, I used to work mm -hmm. for plane television for Berlusconi uh, in Italy when I lived in Milan. And so I was a TV star over in Italy and a showgirl. And, um, and so, you know, I never been in reality television. So when I was approached to do it through Jill Zarin, Mm -hmm. um, I thought, why not? You know, I'm somebody who's very, I like to take chances. I live kind of adventurously and I thought, you know, this could be great for me. And, uh, and that was it. I really went in not knowing anything. And I think that's probably the best way to go in because you're not, you don't get disappointed. You know, um, I, um, I never expected it to be the big show that it became. You know, it was a pilot and we got paid $10,000 for the entire season. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. That's like a fun uh, night out for you. <laughs> you clearly like love the camera um, and the camera loves you. I mean, you've been modeling, you've been on TV shows forever. So like, but what do you think is actually the hardest part of this type of entertainment you're doing? Well, listen, I think, you know, the hardest part is that people think they know you, you know, and yeah. they really don't, you know, they see a part of you on television and they think that they know you and they think that they're entitled to you. And, you know, so they can say what they want, do what they want. Um, and, and, and I think that opens the door to a lot of people that are miserable and, Yep. There's a lot of haters out there, as you probably know. And, mm -hmm. and you know, you got to turn that stuff off because at the end of the day, you're working. It's a job. You know, people ask me all the time, how can you hang out with Ramona? I'm like, I get paid to hang out with Ramona. Hello. <laughs> you know, but people, they miss that concept. You know, that's, that's one of the hardest things I think is that people, you know, have preconceived notions of who you are when they don't really know who you are and dealing with, you know, people that are always so nice. Do you think that obviously, you know, you've had your ups and downs in your own personal life, but mm -hmm. do you think that the show kind of made things just more intense? Like, what, like in terms of like your drinking, do you think that the show might've made you want to drink more? <laughs> well, I mean, listen, it's, uh, it's certainly, um, it's certainly uh, a show about, you know, travel and parties and vacation, you know, and, and, you know, a meeting for drinks, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of drinking going on, especially this season on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, it, but <laughs> I'd be drinking without the show probably. So, you know, I can't blame it on the show. Let's, let's put it that way. I mean, I yeah. used to be in Europe for many years, so, you know, people drank, you know, lunch, dinner, lunch, dinner. It's, you know, very oh. commonplace. And, um, and so, you know, the, uh, I don't think the show, and this came up actually at the reunion, which is, you know, about the drinking and, um, and someone said, you know, is it producers, et cetera. And it's really not, I mean, no. the alcohol is there and it's up to you whether to drink it or not, you know? Yeah. I find that if I know I have a difficult conversation mm -hmm. that I know will potentially be on TV and judged in seven months, sometimes I'm like, one more shot's not going to hurt. It's yeah. going to help. It never does help. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> also, I'm fascinated kind of, you've had this incredible kind of love life where like 
you were married to account Mm -hmm. and you've had, you've created a beautiful family Mm -hmm. and then you find yourself single on national TV. Mm -hmm. And I find, I just kind of want to know, like, where is your dating life now? Where's your, where's your head at? Um, What are you looking for or not looking for? Well, where my head's at right now is I have, just started dating a little bit online because mm-hmm. I've never done that before. And I thought, how else am I going to flirt with somebody, you know? And I'm talking about the very beginning in like March, April, when we were really locked down. And, um, and so I, you know, I've been having fun with that. I find it's fun to flirt. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that I actually want to meet these people. <laughs> but, <laughs> There's one in particular that I've been kind of, you know, meeting for coffee and things like that. But I, you know, I'm, I'm just having fun with it, really. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm in a great space and, um, you know, I have a full life. I have, you know, a great career and I have my beautiful children and I've got a ton of friends, maybe not 60, as many as, as, many as Ramona, 50 or 60. How would she say 50? Anyway, um. I'm like, how many of those friends do you hate? <laughs> no, no. She actually loves all her girlfriends. Um, but, you know, who's got time for 50 girls in the same room? I mean, you can't possibly yeah. talk to them all. I have one good girlfriend, maybe if I'm talking to a guy, and then I call my mom. That's right. what. That's all I can handle. But yeah. you're a woman of my own heart because flirting is my favorite thing to do. It's pretty much an art form. Yes. But you are, I would say um, – You are a classy bitch. And what advice do you have for flirting as Luann Delceps? Well, advice for flirting. You know, I'm a little old fashioned that way. I mean, I think that men like to be men and women, you know, um, we've come a long way and, you know, uh, empowering women, me too, and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, somewhere that feminine part of women has gone missing. And I think that that's men like that. And I can see why they like that. I mean, I like women that are feminine, you know, Mm -hmm. you're good at starting the conversation though. So how do you do that without kind of like making them not emasculated or feel like they're getting picked up? Well, you know, I think it's simple. It's a simple, hello, how, how are you? And I think also, you know, without, you know, going straight in for a compliment, I think compliments go a long way and people forget about that. Like, you know, I said to a guy on, on one of the apps, I said, you know, you are very handsome, you know? And he was like, Oh, thank you. You know, it's, it's nice to give people compliments. I think people forget that. I think women uh, need to be more seductive and mysterious. I feel like, you know, Mm. you have to tell everybody everything you know, and I feel like, you know, people uh, talk more about themselves than they should. I feel like people should leave things open, you know, to discover. And, and I think mystery is very important. And I, and I think, you know, really being interested in someone is, uh, makes a big difference. I, I feel like, you know, I, uh, you know, asking questions, but not being an interrogator, you know, it's like, a not making it like an interview. Yeah. It's, it's like a dance and it, it, and it has many, there's many parts to the dance. So it's like, it, there's many things that uh, need to go into it. And, and, and from every side, meaning, you know, uh, always go out dressed as if you're going to run into Prince Charming for me, 
you know, I, I'm not big on, you know, I know everybody's into the casual leisure wear, but you can wear leisure wear that looks, you know, that looks beautiful, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Comfortable, comfortable and beautiful and feminine. So for me, it's about being feminine. For me, it's about giving compliments. For me, it's about being interested, about being mysterious, bringing all those things together to make the perfect parfum. We say in French, parfum. We should be myself. But anyway, I'll listen to it later. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's like all the ingredients that make a nice perfume that you want to smell. And that's what men should feel like. They want to smell your perfume. Oh, yeah. And you want to get them hooked on your pheromones. Yeah. Luann, you made some really good points there in terms of, I think a lot of the time you're insecure um, as a girl and you're trying to be tough and cool. And, Mm -mm. but then at some point you need to, they're as insecure as you. And sometimes Mm -hmm. putting your wall down and just saying, I think you're really handsome or like, I'm really enjoying my time with you can go a long way. And then both your walls go down. Yeah, anymore. Yeah. Yes. Um, a little deeper, you are you are your body is insane on Instagram oh. right now. Like I don't know what you're doing, but I oh. I do want to know. Do you have any advice for? I feel like you're very comfortable in your body. It's obviously you you are a model, so that helps. But <laughs> like, do you have any advice for women? And it's also how you carry yourself, though, in being confident in your body, staying healthy. What are some rituals you have, or even with your mind, or you know, diet or working out? I'm going to give you a great tip. And this okay. Europeans are thin because they they don't drink while they eat. They sip, you know, they sip a good wine, etc. So you should drink 20 minutes before a meal mm-hmm. and 20 minutes after a meal, you know, because uh, you, your digestion starts in your mouth by your gastric juices and your saliva, which are breaking down your food already. So if you're drinking cold drinks, if you you know, or guzzling a, a ton of, you know, water right before you sit down, it's very bad for your digestion. So that's basic that I feel like a lot of people don't know. And when you say drink, you mean water? Water or anything. I mean, okay. you know, while you're eating, it's not good to drink, period. But, but you know, and like I said, like the Europeans, they'll sip a red wine, you know, that's not cold. You know, cold drinks in particular are, are not great for your digestion. So you have so many different experiences from so many places. Bring it back to the men. And I asked you this on Shelter Island, but. Oh, you're going to dating again, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I love talk- I love how you flirt and I love how you carry yourself. I want to date you, basically. But I, I, I want to know, dating European men versus American men, what has your experience been? Oh, it's a world of difference. I mean, you know. Well, we're, we're seas apart, so there's a difference, you know. Uh, oh, boy. Let's see. Well, Think of all your lovers. First of all, you know, first of all, there's a culture difference. You know, most European men speak lang- many languages, you know, uh, and I love that. I love a man with an accent. Uh, I find it charming, you know. I think that uh, men in Europe are are educated in a different way in terms of being um, they're just more uh, sophisticated because they, let's say you live in Paris, you can go to London, you can go to Milan, you can go to Spain, you can go, you know, to uh, Amsterdam. I mean, yeah. And you're, you have all of these different cultures and people around you 
Um, so of course you're going to find somebody who's more sophisticated, who's well-traveled and, you know, uh, and well-heeled. I mean, I think also you can tell a lot by a man by the shape of his shoes, meaning mm-hmm. if his shoes are in good shape, that means he's got time to spend on himself and taking care of little details like that, which for me is a big detail is if a man is well-kept and, 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 and I think, uh, and, what signifies that is a great looking shoe. Uh, then he's got time for himself and he's got time for you is the important thing. It's funny. Cause if people first hear that, they can be like, okay, that's materialistic, but it's much it's deeper about, than that. No, it's not about that. It's about, it's, it's deeper because you're like, if you can take care of your shoe, that mm-hmm. means that you've taken care of your inner self, which means, yeah, you're emotionally available and, and know how to take care of someone else. I really like that advice. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, what else about European men? Well, you know, I like that. They How is their lovemaking? Lo- oh, well, I mean, they're, they're just by far outdo, you know. Well, although I got to say Tom was a great lover. So, sorry. Okay, no. Tom. How overall do you think being on a reality show has affected your dating life? Because you're dating grown men. You're not dating boys who, like, want to get drunk on TV. Right. I think it's very difficult to date on reality television, especially on the housewives. I mean, just look at our track record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, we started, you know, I got divorced. Ramona got divorced. Uh, who else got divorced? Sonia's been divorced. Mm-hmm. Dorinda's, you know, been divorced, yeah. you know, so uh, I think it's very hard. And I think, I think uh, historically, you know, some guys just aren't good television. And I think that, it's very difficult to maintain a relationship and it becomes a work thing. And I don't think it's healthy to work together no matter what it is. But I think that, you know, reality television is certainly challenging. You're so right. Because just because a guy might be a great partner for you, that doesn't mean he's also going to be great at being a reality TV star in your job. <laughs> I think that's a lot to ask. There's only one guy that managed to, to, to get through it and, and charm everyone. And that was Jacques. We love Jacques. Do you and like Sonia or um, the other cast members ever kind of, does it bond you at all to be like, wow, dating is kind of hard on reality TV? Yeah, I think that, I think a lot of uh, men don't want to be on reality TV, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. So when that's the case, you know, uh, we don't bring them on the show. And you just got to bring I, it on your own. I mean, you know, in the beginning... Um, I didn't, you know, like my husband, the, my first husband was on the show in the very beginning. And then he was like, that's your, your gag, you know, you, you, you go and do your thing, you know? So I think, um, I think you can manage it if you, um, you know, if, if you have a partner who's really supportive, you know, and, and even if you do have a partner that's really supportive, um, I think it's bloody difficult. Preach, preach, preach. It is. Right. <laughs> To wrap this up, I want to play a final game called The Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about, Luann? What am I greedy about, Victoria? Victoria just walked in the room. Would you say I'm greedy? <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, we're doing a podcast right now. This is Victoria sitting on her. I- Hi, Victoria. No, no, I have two coffees in my hand. <laughs> oh, two. She gets here. She's greedy about coffee. Right. So 
I'm greedy in terms of uh, my expectations from other people. Mm. And that's a tough thing to want because you can't, people let you down. It's a hundred percent. A lot of the time. But it sounds like you have very high standards when it comes to people in your life. I have high standards for people because I have high standards for myself. And I'm very quick about it. You know, if you go shopping with me, Hannah, I go, I can be out of a store in under two minutes. <laughs> you know what you want. I, I ball the racks and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. And, you know, I'm the same way with people. I mean, I'm very, I'm a quick study uh, and, and pretty. Um, yeah, it's pretty immediate for me. Yeah. You know, well, they say like whether in, in business or dating, they say like if you're gonna fail, just fail fast. Don't make it. Don't stay with a guy for seven years or like be in a business you hate for ten years. Like it's okay to fail. Just don't. Take Absolutely. And you know, listen, I got a lot of. Well, I got some flack for divorcing Tom so quickly, but guess what? <laughs> you know, it's, if it's not right, why stay in you it? Yourself. Who are you envious of? Oh, I, I'd like to be, you know, J-Lo for a day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love J-Lo. Who sings and who does movies and who's got the guy and who's got the kids and who's got, you know. Her skin. And her skin. Damn, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I do kind of, you. I think me and you have a similar perspective where it's like, yeah, I don't just want to be, do one thing. Like, I want to do everything that brings me joy or that I can do. All of it. Yeah. Um, what are you gluttonous about? So this is different than greed in that, like, what do you overindulge in? I'm a glutton. Let's see. Overindulgence? Oh, well, you know. <laughs> I would say alcohol. <laughs> What's your drink of choice when you get to, like, a date or a bar? What's your go-to? Vodka martini any day. Oh, my God. I mean, I need a drink right now, and it's <laughs> – I need a drink right now. Um, a slightly dirty martini, I call it. And what is any other classy drinks that you'd recommend since you are kind of, you know how to party while being classy, I'd say. Well, you know, listen, I love a good rosé from the south of France. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not drinking right now, I'm, I'm, fa- I'm fantasizing right now because <laughs> I'm doing the quarantine uh, a wagon. Um, let's see, what else? A, a good rosé and a really good tequila. Yes. You're a very social person, I feel like, and you're kind of, I noticed whenever I've hung out with you, which is twice, you loved like talking to random people and just like asking questions. Mm-hmm. Has it been hard quarantine for you mentally in, in terms of like your social life or are you enjoying the space? Sometimes I, you know, I enjoy being, you know, with my children and my family, but I, you know, I am a social animal. So I, I miss, you know, I miss bars. <laughs> yeah. You know? I miss that ambiance, like even when you're in a restaurant and the bar is happening, you know, there's, there's life, you know, I feel like that life has been sucked out of us is how I feel. Yeah. Now we're just stuck out Long Island with, but at least we're spending time, you know, with family and stuff, which is nice. It's great. But I, but you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, you know, the mass thing and it's very mentally, I think, hardening. Yep. I agree because we need that human experience of seeing someone and laughing. I mean, that's why I think our lunch was so fun because for about like 30 minutes, I forgot. Right. Best yeah. of quarantine. 
best day. <laughs> um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? So like anger. Uh, probably on the housewives. Do you try to control your anger or are you like ready to be angry? <laughs> now I try to control my anger and, um, and sometimes I'm better than others. <laughs> Do you ever like get really angry and you go, well, at least hopefully America enjoys that, even though I'm not proud of how that went down or something? Because that's what I try to tell myself. Yelling at people. It's just not my MO. Yeah. Um, I can be angry without yelling. True. And I always think the most powerful arguments are when you can keep your voice calm. That's but right. it's much I'm, easier said than done. Exactly. Well, I'm, more, I'm more about that. And I even say that to Tinsley this season. I'm like, go Obama on us, okay? <laughs> You know, is not working with these women. Talk softly so they have to listen hard. Yeah, if you just hear like the shrieky voice, they'll immediately get defensive. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's, I do want to say that I, the recent scene where you guys were talking about like your job and all that stuff, I really did kind of take your side in terms of just like you have worked really hard for this. And like in this industry, we all help each other with friends. So then when you hear a friend kind of, accusing you of you know using someone when it's like we're all in this together and but it's so hard to fight with someone who's on a different alcoholic level than you right you still want to defend yourself but you also know that logic won't come out of it well exactly because some you know a lot of people can't be logic when they're drinking but i also think even seeing you have emotion for the that you're pretty controlled so far in the season you like broke down you cried and like i just feel like i I appreciated seeing you show a side of you that wasn't always like totally mm-hmm. like in control and just didn't care what people thought because right. you're right. human. Yeah, sure. And it gets to you. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest kind of like insecurity, whether it's physical or mental? My biggest insecurity. Um, Biggest insecurity. Nobody's ever asked me that. I'm because you seem like you're not scared of doing anything. No, I'm not. I'm not an insecure person. So it's mm-hmm. hard for me to even think. That's why I like wanted to ask you because I'm like, what is she going to say? You know, I would say um, I really, you know, miss relationship because I love that kind of security, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel insecure when I'm not in a really good, deep relationship. Mm, agreed because that's just so comforting and exactly I always say you know I just wish I had a man that I could just lay my head on his shoulder and like it would take all the worries away but would you trade your like 12 amazing years of housewives and kind of becoming this like cultural icon Mm. to have a man right now would I trade it uh not for a man agreed bitch (laughs) because <laughs> you have plenty of time for that to come into your life. exactly i got many years of retirement coming ahead of me darling many of years in the south of france with handsome french yeah. men to rose all day yes okay um when was the last time you were a sloth so like super lazy probably you know listen during covid uh i've been super busy mm-hmm. but in the very beginning uh i was very lazy and then, you know, that I think everybody kind of was because you were trying to figure out, okay, now what do I do after all the Netflix you could possibly watch? <laughs> and 
And then, you know, then I, I started going online to exercise and, um, and just found other ways that are healthy to fill my time, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but it took a while to get there. And so those first days of quarantine, I was really lazy. Do you kind of let yourself have lazy days or are are you tough on yourself? Hey, no, I'll say, listen, when, you know, the weather is bad, I'm like, good. I have an excuse and I have no excuse to be, you know, um, what's running around. No, no, no. Like I don't feel guilty for not going out. Good. The weather's bad. You know, I say I are kind of staycations. It's because if you're just looking at like your Instagram, it seems like you are everywhere all the time doing so many fun things, even like with quarantine happening. So it's good to hear that you also let yourself have a breather sometimes. Yeah, of course. Maybe, maybe that's a European in you. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a generally a doer and, a, you know, I love running around and, um, so it's hard for me to sit still. I get, I think it was my upbringing, you know, I was one of seven children. So we ran around a lot. Oh, wait, a, yeah, definitely a, not a quiet, peaceful household. No, it was always very busy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. when was the last time you lusted over someone? So who was like your last crush? Well, mm-hmm. or a celebrity crush, if you have one. Oh, that Bradley Cooper. Oh, I love that man. I know. Isn't he just gorgeous? His blue eyes. Oh, and he's just my type. You know, my first husband was like that. The Count looked like that. He was blonde mm-hmm. with blue eyes. He was, oh, he was stunning, my husband. You know, I, th- I think you should be in A Star is Born 2 with him. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks into one of your cabarets. Gaga would push me, you know, away from the... <laughs> so Luann I have one last question for you um Mm. burning in hell is where people open up and you've been very open and vulnerable and I love that about you but what advice would you give to people on what to do when they're going through hell like how do you cope with your hell go inward you Mm. know cancel out those negative self-talk people that Mm you know, that steer you in the the wrong direction. I, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I went to Deepak Chopra not too long ago and he said something that really blew my mind, which is true, is that your gut tells you exactly what to do. And the problem is, is that, which is your first brain. And there's more apparently neurotransmitters in terms of brain waves, et cetera, in your stomach than there are in your actual brain. So- you're, that's why it's called gut instinct. So you know what to do. And the mind is the thing that takes control um, because of our upbringing, because of ego, et cetera. So if you can get control of your mind, you can really do anything. And that means changing your attitude, your mood, everything. You're giving me goosebumps because when I have anxiety, I get like stomach aches and it's funny because it's, it's all connected, but also we all have a gut. We all have a gut instinct. And it's about just believing it. Because a lot of, you'll lie to yourself. And once you can just believe it, it's like happiness. Like we all have it. Yeah. You, it's not like something you have to chase. Like it's there, but you have to find it. You, know, you always say, you know, happiness comes from within, mm-hmm. but no one takes it, you know, serious. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Luann, you are so wise. You've, yeah. You're such an icon on reality TV, and you walked so yeah. I could run. And yeah. I wrote a book about all of this stuff. Yeah, so what what is going on work-wise that people can follow? And um, I know I got a shipment of Sonage. Oh, did you like it? Well, it's so beautiful. It comes in, like, this beautiful gift. And mm-hmm. I personally have, like, some trouble with redness. And I know you have one that's super calming. And mm-hmm. I've been trying everything out. It smells so great. I'm so impressed with the quality. And oh, I just started yeah. using it last week. And I love it. Oh, so, yeah. Tell it's everyone a, about it. Yeah, it's, it's a great company. It's uh, Sonage. It's 25 years. It's been around 25 years. It's a French company. And Sonage means she looks good for her age. Uh, elle est bien pour Sonage, you say in French. Mm. So uh, it's cruelty-free products made in uh, California and Los Angeles. And um, so, so I'm a fan of the brand. And it's all botanical. And... Uh, what I love about it is, I you know, the products are great. And I put this kit together for them because, you know, people are always asking me about my skin. And so uh, so they came to me and, and they asked me to partner with them. So I um, did this collaboration and uh, I put together my favorite things and that's Lou's survival kit. I'm so glad you like it. How do you find the bandwidth to have all these projects? Ah, well, listen, oh my God. Yeah. And I'm working on a book, which, you know, as we talked about so many things, I, you know, I want to share, you know, with people who think that they know me from reality television, but they, that's just the surface. And so I I really want to talk about, you know, my journey and uh, how I got here and it's through, you know, perseverance and through um, being able to start over again from nothing. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people are, are going to be in that position or are in that position. I think that I've been in that position, you know, going from rock bottom to the cabaret stage. And um, and that, you know, has been my, really my whole life in terms of experience. So uh, I'm really into, you know, I'm into the book and, and it's exciting. And, you know, and I got Viva La Diva coming out with Desmond <gasps> on August 20th, which is my new dance song. I cannot wait. It's just just when you think people like know what Luann's going to do next, she'll surprise you. And I, I, I am excited because in the beginning of this podcast, you said the hardest thing is when people think they know you. Yeah. And I do think it is it is hard to get a put you in a box. But now with this book, I think I'm really excited to like learn more in depth of like what you really want to tell about yourself to the world. So yeah, yeah I mean, you know, like I said, you know, they, they, they see you for two minutes on television, literally. Um, and, and think that's who you are. So, yep. it, you know, it's, um, I think that people, you know, want to know how, you know, I went from Connecticut to, you know, moving to Europe, becoming a countess and, you know, the divorces and the, you know, the scandals and the, you know, and why, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself and it's like, I figured out, gosh, why I did that. Oh my God. Now I realize why I did some of the things that I did. And it all, it's its this thread that goes through my life and starts with my father. So I'm going to talk about my past with my father. So uh, I think you'll love it. I commend you for also going deep. To, mm-hmm. it, it was probably an emotional thing to write. So I just yeah. can't wait. Everyone follow Luann um, at Countess Luann on Instagram. Um, anywhere else where people can follow or watch you or any of that? Well, obviously, Real Housewives of New York. 
Well, I have, you know, my website, countessluann.com, and there I have the Sonage and, um, and also, you know, future cabaret days in 2021. They're coming up. Oh, I cannot wait to just be drinking a dirty martini and watching you sing one of these days. Right? I can't wait either. Luanne, you're inspiring, and I am excited to see the next episode of Real Housewives of New York. It's been amazing. Can't wait for the reunion. Yeah. And thanks for taking time out of your day with your family um, out in the Hamptons to chat with me. All right. Well, Hannah, it was really fun, and I hope to see you soon. I do too. Summer House, congrats on that. Thank you. I, I'm going to get you in the show one of these days. I'm yeah. getting you to the house to flirt with Carl. Yeah. Molly knows what I mean. Um, he's 6'5". He's You'll like him. How old is yes. he? Uh, 35. 35. Oh, too young. You could teach him some things, though. <laughs> or maybe he can teach me. I'm always ready to learn. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>